Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Around the NFL podcast. Spent all of their money to buy Bitcoin. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh, boy. This is a particularly tricky Monday because it's coming directly on the heels of a WrestleMania. Whoa. Are we we're going with the, the full stamp, WrestleMania? Well, it's up to you. I kind of think it was close. There was a big turnout at Wes and Lakeisha Manor, and... Uh, People had a good time. I had to head home with a little one, but then there was a fire pit shenanigans. I was told Mark uh, stayed very late. You know, he, he did. We had it was basically two parties. You know, the kids' mm, party right. and mm. then the adults' party after dark. That's I, nice. I, like I owed it to you. I'd not been there once to begin with. Love the place. I think your garage. You probably. I think Lakeisha would want me to talk about other rooms in the house, but um, like your garage is <laughs> dangerously fun. And it's got a nice, perfect little. It's just the way that you've organized it. There's not junk in there. There's like a fridge full of beers. The <laughs> night I thought hit a high point with a one-on-one uh, yeah. basketball game between two female employees. Dre Day, one Dre, Dre, one Dre out who who it was uh, excellent basketball. First who was like a mix of like Arvita Sabonis and Kevin McHale <laughs> in his prime, and just like just upset, pounding her, shocked the, the world. The kids, the world. Uh, Lindsay from the desk downstairs, who was really good. <laughs> really, who won? Dre Day Dre, in overtime. Dre was out of gas about midway through, and she fought through it and still. Two, still two like, super sweaty ladies in your backyard? I don't know how much the other one was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good basketball. The, the whole crowd was into it. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, so it was a great time, and uh, I took Harry, uh, our first outing as father and son, just uh, the two of us, and he had a good time. And, yes, I think uh, I think it was a WrestleMania. It, felt, it had that important – feeling of gravity. Weren't you saying the same at the end? My Wes? my own reluctance is for people from out of town who wanted to come. I don't want them to feel like, you know, they mm. they were they weren't missed. That's fair. Yeah. Uh this is the Monday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We have a lot to get to. 
Uh, and uh, since we last were with you, there were 12 preseason football games played. So we thought, why don't we uh, go through each game? Uh, each of the heroes uh, will uh, share one kind of takeaway or one thought or one anything connected to the game they are assigned to. So we're going to go through the whole schedule. And also uh, we're going to do a little bit of news up top, Greg Rosenthal, about a certain veteran that Chris Wessling has a big old crush on who's got a job. Let's do some news. It was a 10 on the spankometer. <laughs> I mean, lit up. <laughs> it's Wolfie season. No doubt about it. What was the context there, Greg? Do you know? No idea. <laughs> Not Does necessary. he know? Does Ron Ron Wolfie that know? was the first time I heard that one. It wasn't as good as mother football. That's coming. Uh, let's start, yes, with Adrian Peterson the former NFL MVP, the four-time All-Pro, one of the greatest running backs of his generation, if not the best. He's been uh, unable to find a job uh, until now, until Monday. Uh, the Washington Redskins uh, are set to sign Peterson, uh, according to Rap Sheet and Mike Garofolo. This is the same Redskins team. Chris Wessling, short-handed right now. Darius Geis, ankle issue. Excuse me, Darius Geis tore his ACL. Samajay Piran has an ankle issue. Uh, Byron Marshall also injured in the first two preseason games. So they needed a body, and they got a famous one. Yeah, Jay Gruden said that he's not looking for a starter. I wonder. I think Adrian Peterson's a better runner than Rob Kelly, who is a better overall three down back than Adrian Peterson. So it. You've got a mix of two different guys, but I think as a runner, Adrian Peterson's going to make it hard to put him on the bench as the season plays out. Jeff, Jeff Schwartz, who's a good follow on Twitter, pointed out that you know Adrian Peterson has always excelled kind of running in a power scheme, and that's not at all what Washington does. They're a zone-running team, which hasn't always been Peterson's forte, and that he was wondering, like, what is the scheme fit there? Are they going to change their offense for Peterson? The, the way that Don't they said... Don't you think that's a little overrated when it comes to... Either you can run the ball I mean, or this you is can't. an offensive offensive lineman, you know, NFL offensive lineman, who kind of went through different players that he's played with, Jamal Charles, for one, that they kind of changed the offense for. I, I don't know. It, it I think it's, it remains to be seen if Peterson makes the team, but to me... If he makes the team, he should be starting. I kind of don't understand why he's on that team if he if he's just kind of a back. I think to your point, like though, this was one of the few places where I thought you would have to pitch to Adrian Peterson. We see you as a starter, or there's an avenue for to be the, for you to be the starter. This is one of the few teams that would even dare make that claim to him here in the middle of August. And scheme scheme stuff aside, I mean, there weren't that many other options. That Jamal Charles is one of the other people the Redskins tried out, another big name. So this. This is his first step to getting back in. And I know you're all in on him, Wes, but it's like I want to see him over the course of a 16-game schedule to see if he's still the same guy. I, I realized he had these two amazing performances with the Cardinals, but that wasn't all the, that wasn't the only tape he put on over the past two seasons. Two games, he went over 130 yards. That's what Mark's referring to. But he otherwise averaged 3.4 yards per carry, um, Wes. But it's I guess it's the other question then. Yeah, we'd like to see it over 16 games. Can he even do that? Anyway. The neck injury shut him down last year. He's had knee issues in his past, and he's 33 years old. So there, there is no guarantees there. There's a now mythical game from a few years ago, probably two years ago, where Mark fell in love with the Redskins because of their power running attack and blowing people off the ball, imposing yep. their will. And when Jay Gruden's team has played at its best, it's been with a power runner. You know, even yeah. going back to Alf yeah. Morris, 
and if you can get Adrian Peterson, this offensive line when they're healthy is really good. Well, yeah. also you can, like if you're gonna if you have to roll with Adrian Peterson, you have to make adjustments to your line and the way you run the ball. It's nice that he's not a pristine fit right now in theory, but that you're running out of options if you simply don't trust Rob Kelly. I, I I hope he makes a team because this is the Redskins team I'm most looking forward to watching in probably the last 15 years. And there's something about Adrian Peterson just thrown into the mix that makes it more fun. Wow. Let's do it. Why yeah, you at the cost, of, write a book on at the cost of losing Darius Geis, though, who I think would have been just yeah, as Geis, fun. Yeah, Geis would have been so. even more fun. Uh, I just think Alex Smith and the weapons around, and, and like Wes said, the offensive line, Trent Williams, Brandon Sheriff. It just, I think, could be a fun offense to watch. There's no – there's no. And usually bet, the Redskins are so boring. There's no higher compliment uh, to Alex Smith than – Coming into this time last year, no one would have ever thought, oh, Alex Smith arriving makes this team exciting. But he did throw the ball downfield, and maybe he'll light things up again in 2018 with Washington. Next up, it's time to get to the games. All right. Kind of one big takeaway, one thought, one whatever. It's a complete – this is – you know, this isn't science, Mark. This is art, okay? I don't I don't long for it to be science at all, so I'm fine with, with that. Take it somewhere else. Uh, so let's go through each of the games. I mean, it's, not any, it's not even math. I mean, it, it's, it's not let's even be real vaguely math or something. Because, like, <laughs> we're going to have more than one take in the end. No, uh, probably. So be way more. Probably. But where to focus uh, your gaze, Wes, when we'll start with you, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Atlanta Falcons, a 28-14 win for KC. Uh, what were you taking out of that game? Well, a lot of people might want to talk about Patrick Mahomes and that 69-yard pass that went further than any pass thrown by any quarterback last year but someone else has gotten my attention attention please attention please attention please attention please please. so can we pull back the curtain for a second uh wes not known to you know work in the pre-production sound drop field in this in this uh particular day though wes connects with Lindsay fulton behind the glass and you produce can we hear that again? Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Well, we should mention we're really each one of us are going to throw out two players that have gotten our attention throughout. throughout so that's the week. eight times, and that's dropped four times during that sound drop. We're hearing that at least 32 more times during the show. Uh, listener, it's up to you if you accept that. You're welcome. Uh, all right, Wes. So attention about what? Calvin Ridley, this guy. This is a difference maker for the Falcons, I think. And they are loaded. They've got Austin Hooper, a tight end, who looks like he's about to have a breakout year. They've got a great backfield. The offensive line is solid. Then you throw Ridley in, who can be a deep threat, who's good with the ball in his hands. I I, I think in Greg's excellent, you know, recap column with the winners and losers, pointed out the Falcons could have stayed with what they had. They didn't need to address offense, really, but they did. They went out and got a first-round wide receiver who makes this team – Maybe it's Sarkeesian proof this year. They're, mm. they're one of the best drafting teams, which we keep talking about, because they find the right people for their offense and their defense. He got them going with a kick return. He had a nice cross-the-formation catch, then had the touchdown. I mean, he just added energy to that attack, and he's a perfect fit for Atlanta. Like footwork and route running, that translates to the NFL level. And just the way – just watching him, he just – he looks like a fun guy to watch. Like, he, mm-hmm. he does not have to light up, you know – 1,400 yards a season to have a huge impact on that team. That does, I'm all in on these Falcons. That does scare the hell out of me, though, that that you could say maybe this team is uh, cannot be harmed by their offensive coordinator. 
Like maybe, maybe there is enough talent here where even the most vanilla, like flawed scheme from your offensive genius behind the, on the sidelines is you're not going to be held back by that. But that guy has a lot to like show this year after what was really the, the offense took a step back in terms of their firepower. Even if the numbers were good, he needs to step I up. I mean, this you year. Ha- you do have a case of drifting PTSD after taking Matt Ryan in your fantasy <laughs> league, and I think that that. <laughs> Bleeds into some of this fear around them. They look well. Look at just immense. look at. He's right. Watch Sarkeesian. the games. It's Sarkeesian Sarkeesian needs to be better. Yeah. Watch those games last year. That team was not like the team oh, the year before. No, they and, did and, not and have and that how, same ability. No, I mean, like they didn't have to fall off as much as they did from Shanahan. The fall off was pretty severe. But by the end of the year, I think that Matt Ryan did some good things, and their defense is what excites me too. They can go up against the Rams like they did in the playoffs mm. and shut them down. Chiefs defense is banged up though right now. They they're missing Eric Berry. They're two inside linebackers. Uh, start like they Chiefs. I'd be a little concerned. They about. got a problem. They got a defensive problem. Uh, let's move on. The uh, New York Giants, also known as what, Mark? The G-Men. <laughs> they roll over the Lions 30 to 17. Uh, and if you're a Lions fan, I am a little bit concerned about two things that that did not work in this team's favor last year. And it's happening again. They don't put any pressure on the quarterback, uh, and there's no, there were no Giants playmakers in this game. Uh, no Saquon, uh, no Odell. Uh, Davis Webb played quarterback. Uh, they could not cause any havoc in the backfield. And then in the in the time where uh, Matt Stafford was in the game, they couldn't protect Matt Stafford, and he got sacked twice in three of his, in his three possessions. And you just wonder these issues that held this team back last year. Did they address any of them? This is why I hate the preseason because who knows, really? But in these tiny, small samples, it's it seems like they still have the same problem that's going to keep them an eight to max out, maybe a ten, but like a seven to nine win team. On paper, the offensive line looks like a strength, but offensive lines are notoriously unpredictable. They're like major league bullpens. I mean, because going into this year, I think that was a reason why we like the Lions is their, is their offensive line. It's a little yeah, banged I, up. I right like now. most of this team, and I just have a good feeling about the Lions this year, which is, I don't know, maybe the first time that's ever wow. happened in 35 years of following hmm. football. But it is it is their front seven on defense that worries me a little bit. That's the one area where I agree, I agree with Dan. Are we getting pressure out of them? I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if you can win that division or really, really compete in that division if you can't get to the other quarterbacks <laughs> in the North. And I don't know. I don't see where it's going to come from right now. I mean, unless you try to pull some insane, mega, unrealistic trade for a Khalil Mack or something. Like I don't know where these pass rushers are going to come from. Right. It's in not late happening. August. And a guy, and one of the guys that they kind of, that I would have thought would be stepping up, Ashawn Robinson, who was a second round pick a couple of years ago. Like he might not even make the team. They they don't have young players rushing the pathway that just look like they're going to break out. But one of the best wide receiver wide receiving cores around, I think, if if they're all healthy, and it's like there's, I think they're going to be fun versus what we always knock them for being boring, even though they win these comeback games. They were not boring last year. They were not. I agree, but they this is there. I don't think they're this whole division is more interesting. Can they win in the trenches? That's the question I got. (laughs) That's your question. (laughs) Uh, and if you are not an Eli Manning fan, if you feel like Eli is somebody that uh, could potentially get benched again or play poor enough to get benched again, you then can take some solace as a Giants fan. Davis Webb, who did not look good in the first preseason game, uh, performed very well in his uh, two quarters of play. Uh, so there's an option if things go sideways. No, you get, in fi- the you get fired if you, if you bench Eli Manning. <laughs> Everyone gets fired. Well, especially if you put Geno Smith in. 
Uh, let's move on. And uh, Wes, back to you. Feeling good about Chris Wesley right now. He's hot. He's throwing successful WrestleManias. He's got two ladies uh, posting up uh, in, in his driveway, throwing up Jays. Uh, and now you're going to tell us a little bit about Buffalo and Cleveland. Those aren't, those aren't the only Jays, you know, Dre is throwing <laughs> up there. <laughs> I don't get the reference. Uh, nor do I. Big Ben does. <laughs> you know what I love about this game? On, in the first, first preseason opener, Josh Allen looked like the guy he was billed to be. A little bit of ugly, but a lot that was – electric to watch in this game he was sort of way different than he was billed to be a lot of quick short passes uh in in sort of a no huddle attack moving down the field and I really liked what I saw from him again I just think we have to readjust expectations Mm. and it's obvious by now that his teammates absolutely love him and are confident in him and it's weird for like veteran guys to be saying this this guy's the real deal he's a playmaker let him play so AJ McCarron broke uh, his collarbone, there's some debate about whether it's going to be a season-ending injury or whether it was just a small fracture. But Oof. either way, we're not going to see him for the rest of the preseason. It looked like he was the odd man out in the quarterback battle anyways. He even, wasn't playing. Even though he wasn't starting, even though he started this game, it was basically down to Peterman and Allen. When I listen to Sean McDermott, though, he likes Nathan Peterman. That's just a fact. You can tell he's got a real affection for him. And Nathan Peterman, to his credit, is 17 for 20 for 220 yards and two touchdowns and a pick that came on a drop. So he's essentially been perfect in the preseason. So he's given every reason for McDermott to at least keep this thing going. And it sounds like they're going to keep rotating first team reps. I'd be, I kind of expect Peterman will start the third preseason game. And I anticipate Josh, the, the week one starter is coming down to this third preseason game. If Josh Allen looks good again, then I think he's kind of given them no choice. And it, you just got to go with Josh. They Allen, needed right? to reduce this quarterback room by one person. As it was this splitting starts and reps. It's so and weird that, to split it this it, week. Like, I get, why? well, I get, I get that if they, cause it's not just in the general manager loves Nate Peterman too. They were on the record talking about how they really thought he could be a franchise guy, but that same group went out and used the first round pick on Josh Allen. And the minute Josh Allen, hit the field, that offense became entirely different, energized, and watchful. And I, I think it's just like we were back in April, we're like, oh, well, these guys are all going to – two or three guys are going to be redshirted. There is no way you keep Josh Allen off the field the minute the Bills hit trouble, and they're going to hit it quick. Yeah, even if for some, for some reason Peterman wins, it's going to be like Hoyer a couple of years ago where he's pulled in like the right. third quarter right. and Josh Allen's You can hold him it. off for – I don't know. how. how let's realistically, you get about a month in, the Bills are one and three, and it's like right. everyone's going to be going Whether nuts it's for week Josh one or week four. I mean, I think there's a good chance it could it could be week one. It, I'm just pointing out Peterman has moved the ball every drive he's been in the games. And, like, everyone wants to write – no. Off, off Peterman. There were a couple drives in, in, in the last game. In did. the last game against the third and fourth string. But he's basically the he's done what he could do. Uh, if if a first round quarterback did exactly yeah, what he's doing. Yeah, but watching the games, Allen looks much more impressive. Much than Peter. more impressive. And the fact that he's really good in the like Allen, like on the touchdown throw, is good in the pocket. He's looked very comfortable, which was supposed to be a knock on him, like getting away from pressure. He's shown a lot. They I just mean, blow I, up. I their, agree with you. They I'm can love you. Nate Peterman all they want, and I I think they like both quarterbacks, and that's not the worst thing, but. You're, they're killing them their own theory when they go out and trade up and do all the stuff and take Josh Allen. It's like, no, you, you, draft pedigree and every other argument is going to put Peterman on the bench before October. And now, some words from our sponsors. Mm. ADT. 
Oh, my goodness. They can design and install a smart home just for you. Backed by 24-7 protection. Explore the vast number of things you can do with your secure smart home. Wes, don't think I didn't notice. I scanned. I did not see a security system in place yet at your home. I don't have anything that's worth stealing. Is Why it? are you casing your friend's home? What about your, what about your bride-to-be? Uh, you know, you don't want anyone coming <laughs> in and scaring her. You know, she's not property, Greg. I generally go through life, like, ignoring the fact that people can be kidnapped. I don't yeah. think you can prepare for what can randomly happen you. at 4 o'clock on a weird Tuesday. Absolutely. Well, bro. that's an oversight on, on your part, oh, potentially. Sorry. Check I out sh- check out ADT. <laughs> check out some of these uh, these nifty terms. Game day service, ADT, automation that unlocks the front door for friends who arrive at your place for the game while you're still getting out snacks. It's a good little system for you. Or home run service. That's a baseball term, which lets you check in on your home's cameras even while you're in the nosebleeds. This, you know, at a sports sporting event. Also, there is goalkeeping service, <clears throat> which lets you close your garage door while you're at your kid's soccer practice to help keep criminals and critters on the sidelines. Mark, I know you have major infestations uh, in your backyard. This would be a good service for you. I don't know about that being true, but I, I would rather game day service apply to when someone's trying to break into my house, and that's when it they, they put their game face on and take care yeah, of gold, the robbers, please. Gold, keep this. Visit ADT.com slash smart to learn about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. And while we're here, it's been a long offseason without football, but FanDuel has spent it getting into the best shape of their lives. That means that FanDuel is ready for more. No uh, excuse me, more ways to play, more ways to challenge your friends, and most importantly, more ways to win. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. They have all kinds of contests just for casual fans. In particular, Greg knows this one well, beat the score contests are great because they pay out everyone who hits a certain dollar amount. Score. So all you have to do is finish <laughs> in the money to split an equal share of the cash. Right now you can get a – a $20 bonus, Greg, when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash around the NFL. That's FanDuel.com slash around the NFL age and state restrictions apply. All right, let's get back into uh, the games. We move forward. And um, Greg, the Miami football Dolphins and the Carolina Panthers, they got they got busy. <laughs> what did you see? I saw the potential for a deeper group of Panthers pass catchers. And you get the senseless reading and hearing some coverage in Carolina. They're almost overrating this group around Cam Newton. It's like, well, this is the year we learn about Cam Newton. He's finally got great weapons around him. And it's like, let's let's calm down. This is still, I think, a below league average group of skill position players around Cam Newton. Really? At least, or average. If you just line up the 32 teams. Talent-wise, I'd say it's it's much better than average. I, I would still put it A lot of it's it unproven. And granted, I'm putting a lot of weight at wide receiver where it's definitely below average. When Devin Funchess is your clear number one, that's an issue. With that said, I'm, I'm spinning positive here. I like this fourth-round tight end, Ian Thomas, who Cam Newton likes a lot too, who is starting in two tight end sets and just has some movement that jumps off the screen. And it looks like he's going to be a part of that group. Curtis Samuel, who they were hoping could make an impact has made some deep catches in these games. And so he might only be like a fourth receiver, but the fact that now with that and a more decisive Christian McCaffrey, who certainly looked good. Now you got enough people and you can start seeing some big plays emerging. Can we talk about McCaffrey as a, as a pass catcher too? 
Yeah, absolutely. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Christian McCaffrey shooting up. I got 71 yards to pay dirt. Oh, you have attention. my attention. <laughs> I I am going to have a hard time uh, turning away. I know we did our fantasy spectacular uh, last week, but I'm starting to get excited about Christian McCaffrey having a major year two breakout campaign. That's all. It checks out. It yeah. checks out. I'm a little worried about their offensive line, which has had three different starters in this game too, you know, to injury. And Matt Khalil, who's one of the guys who's a holdover, is a liability. So that's when the games really count. Uh, that that's on my radar. It's also on my radar that Indama Sue is making fun of the, the Dolphins that. defensive Friend line. Friend of the show. On Instagram for giving up this McCaffrey play. He's just kind of uh, like. He's in the like, comment section. In the comment. He just comments it out like, funny how that works when you give up your best mm. player. Well, it, it should be noted, I think the <laughs> Dolphins were 29th in run defense last year with Mr. Sue. Planted right in the middle. Wasn't his fault. Yeah, I mean, he's well, one of the best hey, run defen- defenders well, in the world. He, didn't take well, a, he, he, is, he took well, them from 21 to 29. Yeah, he it's probably a, saved uh, them from being 32. It's a team sport. He is oh, okay. a great, great <laughs> run defender. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm, saying. I'm just stating that when you give up 71 yard touchdown <laughs> rounds up the gut, that's like something like the 29th ranked uh, run defense will do. Yeah. And then, you know, you're saying, Sue. That's sort of how John Gruden talked about Khalil Mack a little bit. Like, he was here all last year, and this defense was that's, a rotten apple. That's fair. And fair points all around here. And I think this, this Dolphins defense could give up a lot of big plays. Their linebackers, they're playing two rookies, have not looked great. Mm. Their defensive tackles, who are replacing Sue, have not looked great. Dolphins 0-2, buried in the AFC East. I don't know how you get out of that hole. There's only two games left. and You know, it's the Bills are getting a better performance from their offensive guys than we thought, so... Maybe yeah. they can they can end this preseason one notch ahead of Miami. Just as everyone predicted, the Patriots 2-0, first place, uh, game ahead of the Bills and Jets. The Dolphins mathematically eliminated from winning the division outright. So that's mm. problematic. What is there left to play for? Not much. <laughs> uh, moving on, the Arizona Cardinals and New Orleans Saints. Uh, Josh Rosen. Everybody wants to know about Josh Rosen. How's he looking? All right. So there was a seven-play, 87-yard touchdown drive he threw a touchdown pass to Christian Kirk that's all good just keep in mind 55 of the 87 yards on that drive were uh, uh, penalty uh, attributed there was a 40 yard um, pass interference which you know you could give the quarterback credit it was for, a I great guess. throw yeah it was a great throw. and then uh, there was a roughing the passer call um, but uh, yeah Rosen moved the offense and I think Sam Bradford barring a, a knee injury in the next couple of weeks will be the starter but he is going to you might as well put in one of those, like, you should have, like, a device where it's around his neck, and then there's a long, like, let's say two-foot metal pole, and then a mirror. So he could just look at uh, Mr. Rosen right over his that shoulder. That will motivate appropriately. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, forget about the pass rush. You got the kid, and he's playing by week three. I, st- I stand by that. They're mm-hmm. already having him, uh, uh, Josh Rosen, change his own plays at the line. I think they really love this guy. And he, he, he continues to not, like – blow you away with his preseason stats, which is fine because they couldn't be more meaningless. But the the Christian Kirk touchdown pass was beautiful red zone play. And he had this one other little play that they noted correctly where he got a batted ball and he was just sort of sitting in the air and he just did this little jump up and knocked it to the ground mm. like a volleyball. And it's like, that could have been a turnover right or there. Or like a mm. tennis. Smart play. Like a tennis serve. Right. right. They, I mean, they, they were knocking him because of his girlfriend who was the volleyball player. But Where are you learning that, those what's skills? What's that scout thinking uh, some that un- one dude, an- right? Anonymous scout. That there, creep. Whatever it was. That basic creep. 
Uh, I'm just sad we're already halfway through Ron Wolfley's season because I'm going oh, yeah. to miss him. Mother football will love the desperate, loves the wretched, loves the downtrodden. The more you try, the more you're going to be rewarded in this game. <laughs> I mean, that was just the immediate reaction to like a rugged run up the middle. <laughs> Mother football loves the downtrodden. Last week, Mother last... football will love the desperate. Last week, I, I wondered if like, or imagine him and Bill Walton going to Grateful Dead shows together. Oh, now yeah. I'm realizing what I'm really thinking is that that's basically Bill Walton's voice slightly modulated. Let me hear it again. Mother football will that's love the desperate. Bill Walton loves Jesse the wretched. Yes. Loves yes. the downtrodden. <laughs> the more you try, the more you're going to be rewarded I'll in this forget, game. The first time Wes and I heard Wolfley <laughs> doing a Cardinals game like four or five preseasons ago, I initially did think that it was Jesse the body. I did too. He's a rather yeah. dive. You know, he's, he can do a lot of different things. Why not suddenly do this? <laughs> yeah. But you're not halfway through in a good way. Where, uh, the Ron Wolfley season, Greg. He does radio, and in radio, as I can tell you from my broadcasting roots, you need to tell more of a story on mm-hmm. radio. So you're going to get more Ron Wolfley, okay. not less. Okay. That, that's Our really call of the year came off the radio. Here. This is like eating spicy beef jerky on your porch of your beach house. And throwing the ball like that. And, and as distracting and um, illuminating as Ron is, it's not what got my attention. In this Uh-oh. Game. Uh-oh. Oh. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. What's popping his face? I love it. Traquan Smith has my attention. This rookie third-round pick for the Saints has a chance to be their number two wide receiver. Our, uh, our, li- our loyal listener, Adam, who gave us that those burrito taco tips was, t- oh, was telling me about Drake on a couple weeks ago that he might pass Ted Ginn. He might pass Cameron Meredith and watching him in these two games, just battling for contested catches. Like he's done in practice all month. Like the saints are really high on him and, and Sean Payton's not afraid to put a young guy in there. Wait, if he, if he's competing, you're saying number, not number three receiver. You're saying he's, he's going to be chance. ahead of Ted Ginn. I don't, in the end, it doesn't matter. Cause Tred, Ted Ginn had like the fourth amount well, of snaps. I think in Payton the most, loves Ted Ginn. Yeah. He had the fourth amount of snaps and the most yards on that team. I just think he's going to be in that mix with okay. Ginn, Meredith, and may- maybe he ends up being more valuable than Meredith, who is coming off a serious injury, has made no noise in camp. Mm. And this guy, Traquan Smith, is just like battling these Saints cornerbacks every day, and he's done it in the preseason. I know too. we love the Steelers developing receivers, but you put Michael Thomas and you got this guy yep. like the Saints do it themselves. They always have under Peyton. By the way, Jesse the Body Ventura was a analyst for the XFL. Oh, yeah, season. that's right. It just continues to check out. Yeah, so it's right there. <laughs> and the governor of Minnesota. He did What's that up with well. you and Minnesota, diverse. guys? Wait, why are you taking shots? It's not even shots. It's just like, what is going on there? That was kind of you know? cool when you, happened. You, yeah, it was great. It's and the like, rest of the country. Mean, it's just like, you know. Your tone, though. Your tone is a little bit like, <laughs> what's wrong with you guys? That was the tone. Well, they went from Ventura, you know, Al Franken, who I like. But I just, it's, they're always, they're always willing to pick kind of I mean, wacky guys. The rest of the 49 <laughs> states aren't doing that great either. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Minnesota Vikings. Jaguars 14 to 10. Oh, that defense on display again. Mark Sessler and Kirk Cousins did not look like the richest man in the world, which he's not. But the defense you know is I mean. on display, but I my attention is going somewhere else. Attention, please. Attention, please. I set him up and he attention, knocks me away. Attention, please. We can get to all that. Up in the booth, my attention is on general manager Dave Caldwell. I'm going to tell you why. Very Mark move here. No, because you are sitting on what is a Super Bowl cusp team. 
and there is one quarterback out there mm. that I think the Jets would not have a problem trading to you for the right cost. Because I got getting tweets, trade Teddy Bridgewater to the Patriots so that they can team build be post Tom Brady. A, he's on a one-year <laughs> contract. That, are you want to be the Jets front office and say we traded <laughs> you our best-looking quarterback to the Patriots? The Jaguars work, though. And here's the thing with Blake Bortles. I, I honestly defended Blake Bortles more than some because I thought he— Tireless. No, I thought that he played well in the playoffs. And when he's playing pristinely well— and the way that they were calling plays, they can win those games. But we saw a couple passes in this Minnesota game where Bortles staring down receivers, had one ricochet off of a defensive back's hands, and then he just put it right into Harrison Smith's breadbasket. That is and nuts. that game was over for the Jaguars. And, and so how often like, – you go get Bridgewater for probably a more affordable cost than you'd think if, you, if they're try, they have to unload him at some point. The Jaguars don't have to start him in week one. They can stick with Blake Bortles, but they have something – other than nothing behind them if they get into trouble. This is a team with a Super Bowl window, and these things shut quickly. You know, if, if Teddy Bridgewater has another good preseason game, there is no reason, and I understand it's not fiscally the greatest thing to carry so much money uh, in your QB room, but the Nets don't have to unload him before week one. No. They can no. wait until Blake Bortles or insert name here falls on his face or gets injured. Why not? And then pull the trade, just like Jimmy G got traded. I think they would. They have plenty of cap room. If and they don't get a good enough offer, I think they would wait it out. I think I think it's possible they get Jimmy G trade value. I, I know that's crazy, but I don't think that's. I think they I could think get the, a second rounder if the, this thing the breaks Patriots right. Patriots should have gotten much, much, much more for Jimmy G, so I don't think it's crazy that they could look at that as a – we're giving you what is a franchise quarterback. This is the market value for that. I just want to remind everyone that Blake Bortles' quote-unquote impressive playoff performance includes one of the worst passing performances we've ever seen in the postseason. Against, against the Bills. You mean the Bills game. Yeah, that I, happened I, I, in the I, I agree, but I would also point to, and I think it was Nathaniel Hackett and the way he had that offense rolling in general, like they still run a couple plays that maximize Blake Bortles when they get like three, they had three tight ends in there on one one snap and like unleash it to a running back for a big game. You can't do that all game long, though. It's the perfect place for him because I think he should go to a place where it's like a team that can just get a look-see at him. He doesn't have to start right away. Mm-hmm. He can replace him later if he needs to, and then maybe he's in the building and he's easier to resign. You know, all of that. Uh, and I did attempt to set you up, Mark. I apologize that I wasn't in communication with you prior to the show. Kirk Cousins in the Vikings offense, first-team offense, struggled mightily in this game. But that's not what you wanted to talk about. Well, so I just, I, just I don't to... take that much from that, to be honest. I, I, just, okay. I just would need to see that in September. And it should also be noted that the Vikings no longer have a kicker battle because Kai's Kai is Kai's bye. That's it. They're moving forward with the rookie, Daniel Carlson, uh, who's kicked extremely well in camp and, uh, and so far in the preseason. So Kai is on the street. But Kai's one of those guys. Kai's guy, Greg. Uh, that he'll, he'll catch on somewhere, and he'll probably be kicking three years from now. I hope it's not for the Chargers. I was just going to say, I got a sandwich that says he's in a Chargers uniform know, at just some fe- point this year. It just feels like it doesn't. At it some doesn't, point this year, he's in a Chargers he's, uniform. He's trotting out there in week eight, and we're just making Kai's Kai jokes. I imagine Kai, it must be in the four-bath house right now, based on everything we know. That probably not an easy place to be right not now. Not an easy place. Well, but it, it falls a little on his shoulders. <laughs> It falls on his shoulders. Well, he was put behind the eight ball. He had a I, nice season I, last year. Yeah, here's the thing, though. When you're a they kicker, never gave him a shot. When you're a kicker and you watch the team draft the kicker, anything above fifth or round or above, immediately ask for your release because you're getting cut right. later than you need to be. Don't you think? Don't you think 
in that house right now that Kai is thinking, I never got a fair shot. This isn't fair. Life's not fair. He's very upset. He's very mad right now. Mark? I completely agree, Dan. I'm sure he is seething, and he has got to try to pick up the pieces and figure out what's next for him. He just spun Kai Forbeth into Mommy Dearest. Let's move on. Uh, come on, Ben. Show some uh, compassion. The Oakland Raiders and L.A. Rams uh, square off west. What do you got? Well, nothing from the Rams got my attention because Sean McVay has decided that the preseason doesn't exist. Good for him. He's only he's only playing backups, which makes sense to me. Like, I only play the starters for one week. So bored of the preseason. But someone on the Raiders has my attention. Ooh-wee. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. If you are a team in need of a running back, come and hang out next to the Raiders at cutdown day because they are going to have to cut someone who's good, aren't they? Yes. Jalen Richard, DeAndre Washington, Doug Martin, Marshawn Lynch. The one who has my attention is Chris Warren, the son of the great Seahawks running back Chris Warren. This guy is an old-school power back, and he got my attention in the first week. Um, and then next next week against the Rams, he's he he's gonna break tackles. He's gonna play. I don't know how you keep this guy off the field. Um, I I really think he's making the roster. They can't let this guy go. You almost can't have too big of a preseason performance because then suddenly it's on everyone's radar. And in the, the typical move would be try to sneak him through on the practice squad and and, and stash him there. But that's he's not gonna get there. Plus, if, he keeps doing if you this. listen to Gruden, he Chris Warren is everything John Gruden loves and believes is holy about football. Like. He worships Chris Warren, just how tough he mm. Like, they're going to change the name to the Las Vegas Chris Warrens mm. when they move there, make him the, the logo. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, but I just feel like you can't cut the guy who's, like, embodying everything you're trying to be. Can I ask a question? Sure. Is it possible that this man belongs on the Zack Zenner All-Stars? That he's a preseason stud? Anything's possible. I thought it was telling that um, before the first preseason game was even over, after just one or two runs, Vic Tafer, who's been following this team for a lot of years as a beat writer, said, based on what he's shown in training camp, Chris Warren already has this roster mm. made. Ooh. And everyone assumes Doug Martin has made the team, and seems like the Raiders are are really big on him. He's the but one that doesn't know. make sense He on doesn't the have any guaranteed money, and he really hasn't played that well for a few years, so... I could see, I could see that changing. And Marshawn Lynch, definitely. Yeah, he, and he's. I a, thought he looks a good. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, looks, he good. looks younger and, he's, and fresher. He's, he's got all sorts of guaranteed money. The Rams are have a little bit of have some issues right now. The fact that they're bringing Junior Gallette for a tryout is telling because that's a move of a desperate team. They had virtually no edge rushers coming into camp. Their number one edge rusher is a guy. Uh, Ebukam, uh, Samson. Samson Ebukam, and then after that, the next three guys who are basic, who basically have done very little at the at this level, including Matt Longacre, are all, are all hurt. I mean, they have no one at that position. Mark Barron hasn't practiced since last year either at inside linebacker. They're suddenly pretty thin there. All right. Anything else, gentlemen? Let's move on. Uh, Mark Sessler, Cincinnati Bengals and Dallas Cowboys in action. What are you seeing, buddy? A uh, little concerned about no, – no, concerned is the wrong word. There, nothing is that concerning in August, right? We'll start there. But, like, the Bengals really were impressive, I thought, on offense in their first uh, go-around. And they really th- – there was very little to speak of, I thought. And maybe that's a credit to Dallas or whatever happened in that game. But in the on the flip side, Carlos Dunlop talked about this as the best defense, defensive line that he's ever seen in Cincinnati. And he's been there, I think, for nine years. And, I mean, you have Geno Atkins. He talked about some younger guys, too. 
That did not happen in this game. I, Dak Prescott is far from uh, a pristine quarterback. I find him a little tough to watch sometimes, to be honest. But they, they, the Cowboys went up and down the field against them once they got rolling. I will say one thing. You cannot, with Ezekiel Elliott and the way they're going to use him, that one thing that they're smart to do is develop someone behind them. And one guy that has my attention. Uh-oh. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Rod Smith. I think he's a good backup running back. I think they got something there. And like they, and for the years when they had one quarterback and nothing behind them, and then the team totally collapses, you cannot lose Ezekiel Elliott for four weeks with some sort of uh, lower body injury and then leave the running game to, to really nothing behind them. So he, look, he looked like he played really well with Prescott, too, in the last game. That's about all I got from this one. This was a snoozer. I was covering this in my house, and I was praying for it to end. So you went half casserly there. Yeah, it was a little No, it was like this was a long I, – I, I, one, th- one take on preseason games, and I don't like to pour it on on our <laughs> message board during, the, during these work shifts, but it's like I was there these for preseason this games for, for are the longest. They feel five times longer than the average football game. Well, they're, they're made to be watched with a fast-forward button. Absolutely. Handy, so that it, live it kills that. 21-13 <laughs> win for Cincinnati, undefeated at 2-0. Watch out. Hey, NFC East, this is something to keep an eye on, Greg. 0-2, both the Cowboys and the Eagles. Halfway to infamy. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Greg, um, J- Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. You they know fi- those guys. They finally settled it. They finally go head-to-head, <laughs> and we decide who is the superior quarterback. And based on that game alone, it was... <laughs> It would have to be Jameis Winston. Shocking, I guess. Shocking. (laughs) I mean, he's been throwing bombs this preseason. I'm not going to get too carried away with it, other than he has among the best skill position talent, I believe, in the NFL surrounding him, or at least receiving talent. You you cannot count running back in that mix. When you count O.J. Howard, who looks like he's really coming in his second season, and Cameron Brait, that's a great tight end group. And we've talked about the deep wide receivers and Winston looks a little different this year. This wasn't going to be my one point, but since you set that up, oh. that's it. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Someone, Attention, please. This is your guy to talk about, too? It isn't, but I'm just going to I'm just gonna <laughs> spin it and make it Taewon Taylor. Why not? Because, Whoa, four because for 95, two touches. I got LeBron's attention. Because, look, this is Evan Silva's favorite player about coming into the preseason. I love watching this guy play. The opportunity is obviously there in Tennessee to make a big impact. Someone needs to step up in that receiver Makes crew. Plays. And Taylor looks like might be the guy. So he's got my attention. Here we go. That's good. Right. <laughs> it was a surprise. No, that was, was good. Was that was I'm good. Shifting on a dime. Uh, that's very good. Moving on. Uh, San Francisco and Houston. Uh, all right. Listen. Listen. No reason to have any concerns about Jimmy Q- Jimmy GQ, they call him, you know. They're calling him that. That's catching and I am And I'm actually okay with as a nickname. <laughs> Whatever, Ben. Who cares, you say? Uh, but uh, I think uh, this is about to take off. Initially, my thought was maybe a month ago um, that the Niners, people are maybe getting a little overexcited and maybe now is not the year. And I still do kind of feel that just because the but NFC is so low. this preseason game settled. No, but it's like, well, are we going to talk about preseason games or not? You guys will have to get excited off games, but I can't. I'm going on. Get excited. Jimmy GQ. Uh, just looks so comfortable, and and I think the the connection between Shanahan and Garoppolo, G A R R O P O L O, it's Garoppolo right? and Polo. Yeah, that's it. I finally got it. Uh, 
He was he was awesome in this game. He threw an interception, but not even really his fault. Uh, it was off a receiver's hand. Um, so despite the preseason being tedious, and uh, we're so close, so close to London, and then once we're in London, a real football game, I can tell you that I enjoyed watching Garoppolo on the field because that kid's a star. That's my takeaway. That game had a little bit of a different feel to it than some other preseason games. But I will say this, and I get that the tackle rule is a work in progress. There was a scenario, Dan, did you see this, when Raheem Mostert from the Texans on a special team right. tackle, the Niners guy, Mostert, I don't know how you teach a tackle to anyone in this new world and do anything other than what he did, which was essentially go to his knees take the guy out from the side with his helmet as far away as he possibly humanly could have made it and not create some sort of head-to-head collision. And it's flagged, and the whole place is going nuts. And it's going crazy on Twitter because it is an incredibly bizarre visual diagram of what they're calling. But of all these plays that people got fired about, this one just seemed like it was a bad call. Right. I'm I'm sorry to say it, but bad calls are going to happen. Like, people are going nuts. But to me, there's like five or six – like, you can pick five or six – pass interference calls this weekend that were just as bad or worse. Hopefully that it'll get straightened out. But I do think like they have to immediately reverse these decisions. It's, but there's going to be bad calls. Like if that, there's only been a couple that haven't made any sense. That was absolutely one of them. I'm just saying, I think the re I think it's a lot. A lot of this is optics. I totally get that. These are human beings. And I think it's a tough, tough for the refs. It's a tough sign to go, Hey refs, go make these calls because a lot of them are happening in bizarre situations, but it is an optics thing and they can't have this floating around as something that they didn't reverse, that they sit, they sit on, and then they have to go, they go quiet about it. You got to explain, guys. Work in progress. We did not get this right. There's not going to be the, any you confidence. Mean two days later or whatever. Yes. they're not going to reverse Why not? it then. I'm not yeah. saying reverse the call, but come out and say we, we get it. The, yeah, we get it, guys. Wrong. This looks bad to all of you. Yeah, you can't reverse the call in the field. That's not in the rule book. But I agree that someone, Riveron or whoever, should come out and say, "Hey, we got." It this is going to be a problem that it's not reversible come week 15 when the Steelers lose to the Patriots again, and everyone's freaking out about this rule. I do think it'll fade away, and and I think the preseason sort of doesn't matter with with the calls and with with the results, and so let's judge it on the regular season. But I also think that all the people going so nuts and and so angry about it, it's a little disingenuous because every single one of those people were killing the NFL for trying not to make the sport safer. And it's like, yeah, there's going to be growing pains here for a year or two. They're changing the sport. And if you, if like, if you don't like it, like, that's just that it is the re- reality, and they're trying to do I, something. I and who just, cares if on, there's though. a couple of bad I, that's, preseason? That's an assumption games. just to say that that's two, that's that two groups of people are all the same exact person in a Venn diagram. And it's also honestly a little reductive in terms of there might not be a solution. Like, let's just keep it real. Right, like, right. This idea that it's going to be tough, but you wanted the game to be safer, so we're going to take out these. Right, helmet but that's heads. not an option. But I'm just saying, like that that might be the core of the problem here is that. You cannot take out those type of tackles from the game, and it's just going to mess up the game because there is no pat solution to make the game safer, and well, that's a big and deal. If the calls Consi- go away, if considering the call- there's only been like one on, or two Greg, of these the calls, calls in every game, it's it it's not happening that. But much. if you're but if the argument is it doesn't matter, that's just going to go away once football starts. Like then what are we doing here to I, begin with? I don't think it's going to go away. I just want to judge it based on the stuff that does matter. There's going to be calls I think every week that drive people crazy. I'm just saying. 
if you look at all these games, this is not getting called that much, even in the preseason. It's a handful of things. And if the overall arc is that in five years, people have kind of learned to not tackle with their head down, then it's a success. We'll and I think that's going to be how it, how it is. There's also rules in effect to keep the quarterback safe, which will drive you crazy sometimes when you're just trying to watch a football game. Uh, defenseless receivers going over the middle. Sometimes they get the call. Sometimes they don't. You add in this to those two existing things, I get very nervous that the game, the quality game, is going to go well, way down. But we'll see. That was the problem. I don't think I've ever seen it worse than last year where, it called, where games were just over-officiated. And it interrupted the momentum, the flow of the game. The catch rule was probably the number one. And Riveron, and Riveron said it at our, at our talent summit that we are aware that entertainment is a priority. So I hope that somehow they're able to marry that concept with making it safer. Ever made pastrami at home? <laughs> what a pivot. That's got my attention. <laughs> How about smoked salmon? Yes. Slab bacon? Is that a thing? The copy says it is. Duck confit? Confit. 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 So that's not something. I what eat. is that? It's like a juice. You've or definitely it's ordered. Like the funny thing is, you've probably fat. ordered it. You love your some duck. I have Who never doesn't? had duck. I can honestly say that. It's what? Easy. delicious. Calm down. I've never had duck. You're a you're a meat lover. You're missing out on life. Maybe the number one meat in, of all the meats. All right. That's not, come on. It's up there. Give me some, give me some beef. Yeah, okay. Mark? I've even had, I've had when I was back in, in the meat eating days, yes. like Chinese, excellent Chinese houses prepare awesome duck. Exactly, yeah. it is incredibly tasty. Mm-hmm. You're at, it, oh, you're at a nice restaurant, and like you're not really sure duck. what, you're not really sure what to get. It's hard to mess up the duck. I mean, you, you're gonna, you're gonna beautiful be happy animal though. I do have some moral issues with eating that thing though because of beauty. Beautiful neck. I don't duck. think that you do <laughs> at all. <laughs> It's easy to make all that and more right at home with Jules Sous Vide. Jules makes it easy to try cooking new recipes and cuts of meat at home because there's zero guesswork and food is never under or overcooked. Jules heats food to the exact right temperature and holds it there. Beef, poultry, pork, seafood, veggies, desserts, practically everything comes out exactly the way you like it. I don't know if it could come out any better than uh, Wes's ribs yesterday. I don't think so. My goodness. That's, That's on the company to prove us wrong. Did you have some? I did not, but I mean, all I ever, all I ever hear is people say how amazing they are, and they look, they look a little like tweak, they're perfectly right? to the recipe to great results. Yeah, I did um, about three hours on the big green egg, and then moved them over to the oven for temperature regulation, and put them inside foil with yeah, with some uh, butter and brown sugar and its own juices, and you know what though, great, not as good as Jules sous vide. I mean, that's what people are saying out there. I mean, Wes will get in line and agree, but I don't think he would really agree. <laughs> to get fine. yours, <laughs> visit chefsteps.com slash jewel and use our, use the code around to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J-O-U-L-E code around jewel. Perfect food every time. Now that the ad reads over, Wes, I don't, I don't think anything's better than your ribs. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. All right. Let's close this out. The Bears. And the Broncos, Mark Sessa, make it sing. I, if I had a third attention getter one, but I'm not calling for it, I would say that, that I see you, John Elway, because this guy is getting <laughs> filleted for his draft picks. Oh, God. And no, no, there's two guys that I think will make immediate and severe impacts on both sides of the ball. Bradley Chubb is the real deal. Watching him drop Trubisky to the ground for a safety, and just in general, they put him on the field with Van Von Miller and like you, the two of them together. You're gonna give John Elway a ton of credit for taking Bradley Chubb. Well, Cleveland did. Cleveland could have. Could have well, gone quarterback there. There were a lot of things. He, right, he could have had Josh Allen. So you never know. And I think Cortland Sutton. We've talked about him before, but 
him immediately when he's on the field, he's making plays. My one concern, though, it, again, I think there's a lot of young quarterbacks that we're getting excited about the, the potential of, and lost a little bit in the shuffle is Mitchell Trubisky, where I, I'm watching him and I'm seeing him do something good. He look, he's got good chemistry with with Trey Burton, but then I saw a boneheaded pick where someone jumped the route. I've seen overthrows, and again, maybe it's just another big sweeping. Doesn't matter because it's week two of the preseason, and there's there behind the scenes they love this guy so much, so. Let's just see what happens. But he's not the guy when I'm watching every quarterback through all these preseason games. It's like standing out week to week is this top five, top six offering. Mm. You just, I just don't see it. And I'm right. like, I can't dropped, manufacture it out of nothing. Dropped, a, dropped a, a snap for a safety, which, I mean, shouldn't happen too often, but you never like seeing that. I'm with. He's had an up and down camp, I think, by all reports, mm. too. He is someone I, I'm trying to think of them like the Chiefs in that, Whatever Matt Nagy is going to do, I don't think we're going to see it until the regular right. season. No doubt. And I hope he'll uncork some fun stuff that will just make Trubisky look good. Finally, Greg Rosenthal, the Seahawks. Oh, by the way, Paxton Lynch still getting buried by the Broncos fans. Here's another game that I was covering. I said, look, it, I've sent in my points about this. <laughs> if Paxton Lynch does something, because we had Chad Kelly to monitor, I thought yeah. had another good game. Your favorite I player. said, if Paxton Lynch does literally anything of note yeah. other than underperform, Dial me up, and I'll add a couple sentences for you, but I'm not <laughs> going to watch this for another 20 minutes to deal with Paxton A little bit Lynch. of an upset. You last week called Chad Kelly your number one through number five favorite player. I would think he'd get at least like a nug. And he looked great in this. In this. I think it's yeah. called show variety. <laughs> we discussed him. We'll hit him again. We'll hit him again. Show variety. Uh, close it out, Greg. The Take notes, kids. Yeah, a little, little lesson in podcasting, <laughs> Mr. Hansis. I am humbled. <laughs> Uh, Jerron Brown stuck out to me in this game just because the Seahawks need a wide receiver and they say they like Brandon Marshall who hasn't had a single catch in his preseason. Oh, so it's just like last regular season. Right, and I, I just don't know. And they, they, have the, no, they have no one to throw to. And Jerron Brown is a number four receiver back in Arizona, but in, in Seattle with Doug Baldwin hurt, like who knows? He might be your number one Seattle receiver. Uh, Did he look like bigger to you? And he made some good plays. I don't know. Like I just the Cardinals nice liked, the Cardinals liked him before he tore his ACL. They really liked him. He he's someone if you were in like a really deep fantasy league, it just seems like he's someone's gonna have to be a factor there because Russell Wilson's too good not to put up passing. What yet. former Cardinals receiver named Brown will be truly redeemed by this season? Mark Sessler, <laughs> John or Gerard? I think John Brown. Okay. I go John. Based on Had everything a nice we're preseason hearing. over in Baltimore. Greg, what about this guy, though? Uh, David Moore, I thought he had a good game. He also, yeah, uh, like as a deep a guy, it looks like he's going to make the team. I think a seventh-round pick who kind of came out of nowhere, which is their specialty. I mean, Chris Carson, I cannot believe this guy got taken in the seventh round. He always finds one way to screw up his great game, which he did in this one with a fumble, or he gets hurt or something. But when he runs, I'm like, how is this guy not a top-20 pick in the draft? He just looks like a mm. total freak show. He's awesome. Uh, and another Seahawks human news. caveat. <laughs> yeah. uh, Seabass will be kicking. Uh, in the NFL in 2018 uh, because the team announced Seahawks that Jason Myers has been cut. Uh, so there you go. Seabass staying in football. That's been under the radar. Seabass as a Seahawk is exciting. That is cool. Mm. I'm, in on, I'm in on two. All right. Anything else to say just in general, guys, as we uh, reach the end of another podcast? I just want to applaud no. whoever picked out, you know, Wes and Keisha's house because if you got a house where you don't even need to go inside the house oh, to yeah. have a – a great party with plenty of room and 
beautiful surroundings. Mm. You've got you've got a house. We're gonna be going to a lot of parties in that house. Is what I'm is what I'm feeling. We walked through the inside. It was an open house situation. <laughs> and outside. We walked through the inside when we when we first saw it for the open house, and we weren't that impressed. And then as soon as we stepped into the sunroom in the backyard, I was like, Yeah, this. I'll move heaven and earth to get this place. Yeah, that Keish had a so that she's she's gonna turn this. There's a little like a porch area that leads to the backyard that she's going to turn into her. What she explained to me is like a woman's cave. Oh, yeah. And you've signed off on that one? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to give up that real estate. Yeah. Wait, which room? The giant porch room is all going to her? It has so much potential, but I like my little, you know, garage bar shit. It's going to be like her little, like, Lilith fair. One note, like, odd place to put a cave because (laughs) anyone going to the outside will need to walk through the cave. Like, in in theory, you'd want the cave uh, somewhere where no one would ever actually need access. Is this ADT? Are we talking ADT? We're back to ADT. (laughs) We're right back. Uh, Wednesday show, which will also be a video show, we will... uh, uh, you know, we like to touch touch base where the where hot mm. butts are. We'd like to talk about the butts that are simmering. They're getting a little gooey down there because the heat's rising up, uh, Greg. And it's starting Never to get uncomfortable. Never use the word gooey and hot butts near each other. So today's <laughs> Wednesday show. <laughs> Seems like a fair request. It will be the uh, – it's going to be our August Madness, not March Madness. August Madness, we're going to do um, a whole bracket of hot butts talk. How fun I is that? Wait. I love it. Every coach in the league. How hot's the, how hot is their butt? Who's got the hottest butt? And this is one tournament you do not want to win. Someone will. I'm a little disappointed we don't have any moaning going on in the background. So I'm Belichick's got to be like a 16 seed, right? I think so. He's either 1 or 16. We haven't oh, figured one. out the no, mechanics yet. Oh, he'd be 16 but we if will. it's on the hot butt scale. Yeah, by Wednesday show, we will have an entire bracket <laughs> of hot butt talk. How exciting. Or uncomfortable. <laughs> and it makes Greg super uncomfortable, which makes it even better. All right. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, the Bitcoin princess. Bitcoin princess. we got to make sure we get the moaning just to make Greg super uncomfortable. Got it. Right. Till Wednesday. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. 
From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.